We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Bandujo, and we have reached the finale of Ted Lasso. The, the season finale looks like the series finale, uh, season three, episode 12, So Long, Farewell. Uh, joining me tonight, Alex McDaniel, Nicole Auerbach, breaking it all down. We are, we're, we're sticking to kind of more of just a finale recap. We are likely going to get the whole band together, do a Full season, full series retrospective here down the road, but uh, me, Nicole, and Alex just breaking this one down before we get into it. I want to shout out a new patron, a producer patron, Real One Balagoon. He is a, has joined the Big Screen Sports Patreon group. He is a Big Chill producer level patron. Uh, shout out to him as well as Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Ager, Mike Dries, Chris Mykoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, Stephen Dubow, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkleman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dove, Jim Scroggs, Andrew Teagle, Real One Balagoon, and of course, Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them, all of our producers, and all of our patrons for supporting this show. Um, before before we get into the episode, and I, I want to touch on, again, the, the support from the Patreon group has been amazing, and I want to... Um, one of the first patrons of this show, one of the nicest people, fantastic play-by-play man, uh, Chris Mykoski, who's been, a, again, a producer of the show. Chris and his, his wife and family have recently adopted a newborn daughter, Hannah, who is dealing with a very severe, very rare health condition. Um, it's extremely trying time for the Mykoski family. Uh, if you want to go, if you follow Chris on Instagram uh, or social media, you'll, you know, learn a little bit more if you, if you want to look into Hannah's diagnosis. And, and, you know, I, I asked, I asked Chris if there's anything we could do. He let me know that his church, his community are helping them out, really supporting, supporting the Mykoski family. Just ask for anyone willing uh, to pray for Hannah, lift, lift them up in prayer. And so, you know, if that's, if that's something, um, you know, you do, I'm, I'm asking for that, for the Mykoski family, keep them in your thoughts, keep them in your prayers. Um, tonight we're talking about a show that's about support and love. So it's it just something I want to pass on to, um, Chris and his family again, couldn't, couldn't find nicer people. And, um, you know, just a, a very 
you know, very, very trying time for them. And so wishing, wishing Chris and, and wishing his family all the best. Um, so, uh, with that, you know, um, gonna might as well just get in, get into Ted Lasso, something that brings people some joy. Uh, me, Alex, Nicole talking Ted Lasso season three, episode 12, possibly the series finale. So long farewell. All right. Joining in to recap Season 3, Episode 12, the series finale of Ted Lasso. It is from the athletic Nicole Auerbach and from For the Win, Alex McDaniel. Ladies, what is the best finale of television you've ever watched? Ooh. I like how we talk about all sorts of things related to the show, and then every time (laughs) we do this pod, Kyle likes to throw something completely out of the blue at us. So here's the thing. It used to be I would just ask how you're how how's everyone doing? Like it's we joked like a rock concert, like Cleveland, how you doing? And that just leads to like woo. So I thought about starting it off with with something to, something topical. I will say, does does this come in the conversation? I think some time would have to pass for me to process it, but at the same time, and I know this is just like recency bias, Maisel might be up there for me. I thought Maisel was great, but I just finished it, so I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Did you put this on the run sheet? I didn't look at the run sheet. I, no, I, I didn't even make a run sheet. <laughs> so so this is coming on the heels of two other shows that I watch and have loved. And now I have no current television shows to watch until Righteous Gemstones comes back. Thank God. Um, but like Succession, I thought, had a very fitting finale. It wrapped up the things that needed to be wrapped up. It um, was true to the characters. Barry had a great finale, except I would have ended it a little bit shorter, but I also see why they kind of did a little bit more of the fallout of certain actions and like how legacy and people are remembered. I get it. Um, but I, I think for the most part shows typically don't mess them up terribly. I think like how I met your mother is the gold standard in this. And we've talked a lot hmm. about it with our, our friend group here, but like that was the worst finale I have ever seen. Game of Thrones also is really bad. And like, really so for bad. me, a, a terrible series finale makes me never want to rewatch the show. And I never rewatched How I Met Your Mother after the finale. And I never and will never rewatch Game of Thrones because it felt like in both those situations, the final season and the final episode were so not true to what the show was supposed to be especially how I met your mother. It was supposed to be the promise of the show is in the title and the framing. And then it was like a bait and switch at the end and game of Thrones. There was just like all sorts of things. The characters were doing that were just not at all true to the characters we had learned and, and loved and hated and whatever. So I, I think that for the most part, I'm usually happy or happy enough with finales that I'm not going to like write off the show forever. And I thought that this finale, I do have some nitpicks, but it was true to the characters, the spirit of the show it was real. And I think it just, it was the way that we deserve to see a lot of these characters end their tales, their time with us. And we can imagine what happens to them afterwards. There might be spinoffs, but it was, it was like a fitting conclusion. There were lovely moments. I laughed. I cried. I cried again. Caroline <laughs> cried a lot yeah. so much. And that's what we expected and what we wanted. And I think it tied up what it needed to tie up. I agree. I think, um, I think as a whole, this season, they they landed the plane. I think we had faith. I think that faith was rewarded. Certainly some nitpicks. It wasn't, I don't think it was a perfect season, 
and like I, you know, just same as same as Nicole, some nitpicks with the finale, but I'm still pleased. I still love this show. I love these characters. I'm happy with what we got to see. Some of the things the finale made me beyond happy. So I, I think I think it is a really fitting end for for Ted Lasso. If this if this was the end, obviously there's you know there will be a lot there. But tonight we're gonna we're gonna recap me, Alex and Nicole. We're gonna recap. This this episode kind of just as a you know just as this episode where you know we can I'm sure things from the season will tie in things from the show will tie in because it obviously was a lot of callbacks wrapping and some stuff but we will do a season three or a full show retrospective down the road once once we get the whole band back together and kind of collect our thoughts but tonight we're talking about Ted Lasso season three episode twelve so long farewell. Season finale, AFC Richmond play their final match of the season. Alex, what what's the big takeaway from this one? Oh, God. Um, I don't know if I have one. I mean, I think for me, what I ultimately took away from it is like, if it truly is over here, like at this point, they'd never do anything else with it. I think it's really satisfying. But there's also so much room to do more with it. And I loved that. And especially at the end, when we see the subtle color scheme change uh, when Roy takes over and there are just so many stories that they continue to tell if they want to. And if they don't, you know, that's sad, but it's fine too. Um, And I think, you know, we've said all season he's going home. And even when we didn't know if home was going to be Kansas or, or Henry would come there, like that was clear from the first episode. I mean, that's been clear the whole series. We knew this wasn't sustainable. He would have to go home eventually. Um, And it was just good to see that you know, promised. I got a little worried when Rebecca and Ted were having the conversation. She's like, you can just move here. And I know we've talked about that before, but in that moment, it did feel wrong. It felt like it went against everything Ted is as a person and a father, and he wanted to to be there for his son. So, you know, I feel like they landed the plane. For me, I thought the theme was that one quote from Higgins when the Diamond Dogs were meeting and Roy finally asked to be a Diamond Dog, which was just Ugh, one of the most touching moments. And Higgins said, and I'm going to paraphrase because I did not write it down word for word, but human beings are never going to be perfect. It's about asking for and accepting help. And if you do that, you're going to always be moving towards some being better or something better. And I felt like that was just the summation of the entire show. It was about asking for help. It was about helping others. It was about forgiveness. It was this idea that everyone that Ted impacted in his short time in Richmond is in a better place or in a healthier place. And he's in a healthier place because he's worked through things and they've all landed in places. Well, maybe not all, but most of them have ended up in places that feel true to that growth and the development that we've seen from them. And like everyone learned to love something or learn to love themselves more or open themselves up to something but it was all really about like this idea of no one was going to ever be perfect. And we've seen all of these characters be flawed and they've always, they've accepted that help. They've sought help. They've helped each other. They've worked through all these things and they have moved forward. And I know that there's been some criticism that people feel that Ted is in exactly the same place he was when he started the show because he went back to Kansas, but he's not, he's a totally different person. He has worked through his fear that if he's close to his son, that he'll lose him. He has worked through his 
issues with his own father and he has figured out what he wants to be more than anything else. And that's to be a dad. And he wants to be present. He wants to be there. He wants to coach his youth soccer league. Like this is all stuff that he did not know about himself in the beginning. And he masked so much of what was under the surface with corny jokes and bad jokes. And and we know that that drove the divorce. So every single character moved forward. And I think that that was the idea that no one's ever perfect, but you can always be a little bit better, a little healthier, a little more open, a little more loving if you try. And Ted didn't arrive in Richmond because it was his dream. This was his dream job, or it was his goal to win a premier league championship. He, like you said, Nicole, he arrived in Richmond one first to try to fix his marriage. Um, you know, we, we get the conversation about, you know, he gave her thousand plus miles of space, whatever that is. And in him returning him, he imparts this great culture that we, we get to see leaves this will leave this lasting impact. Think about what Richmond was when he got there and what it is now, how healthy it is. Look at, we get to see that, that, and have confidence that these characters we've grown to love will thrive when Ted is gone because of what he's built there. But Ted going back to Henry is, is such a win and, and being able to, we think about, and it's kind of a thing with coaches and we, we see a lot of like coaches give all this attention and love to their players. And it's a common story that sometimes a family gets neglected or a family comes second sometimes with these coaches. And Ted now gets to develop that relationship with Henry. And like, that is a beautiful ending. And that is what this show was about. And we've said it all season that this show is about father and sons and that that is a satisfying, you know, so there will be the, you know, oh, I wish he hadn't left Richmond. And like, sure, I, you know, it's sad to think about him leaving all those people. And he's saying he vocalizes that to Beard. Are we crazy for leaving this? Almost won the thing, leaving a bunch of nice people. But it's going to bring Ted so much joy and it's going to be bring Henry so much joy to, to experience that life together. And those are moments Ted is always going to be able to coach. Ted said, you know, he loves loves coaching. He's always going to be able to coach, whether that is AFC Richmond or whether that is Henry's soccer team. And Henry's only going to be nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old once. And we see him thriving in that environment and getting that fulfillment. And I think that was the one thing I think was dynamite, perfect. That's where this character belonged. And I think we said that all season. And so I think we should pat ourselves on the back for one because great, great job, us. <laughs> They said we were mean and wrong. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we, we can get out in front of this. There's a group on the internet that is not happy with this finale. And like, f- folks, it is fiction. Go touch grass. Um, but it, I, I liked how, kind of like Alex, you touched on that this was a good ending and that it showed everyone kind of in a good place, but it's also, it, it wasn't a cliffhanger, but it gave them a lot to do more. Cause if they would have ended on a cliffhanger, I would have been kind of pissed. Like I, I would have been pretty, yeah. pretty pissed, but it's a really good ending and that it gives us these, these nice paths for people. We see things kind of settling in who's going to do what in this montage. And then if they want to take it back up, there's there's the space there. There's the, there's the natural runway. There's some other things that can come to fruition. I, I think the idea that it was spelled out if they want to take it. And we, we thankfully, as we're recording this, because we had to record it late without screeners, Brendan Hunt did an AMA and he talked about some of these things about like where it is. And it sounds like anything where people get burnt out. 
they're tired. They want to take some space and then see if they do want to do any spinoffs, but they set it up so well with the note from Ted to Trent about that. This wasn't ever just about him and that he wants to change the name of the book, but it, it sets it up so nicely for any spinoff without Ted, which again, we have been talking about for, for a while now about what they could be, who they could follow. And they left those storylines open enough for those to happen. And, but they also tied up the big things. Right. And like, I think that was really what was important and helpful. And I get that some people they're, they're right. Like, okay, Ted is showing up at Michelle's house from the airport. Like, what does that mean? Is Dr. Jacob out of the picture, which by the way, I thought he was dumped after London. I was even shocked to see him he, still he's in the definitely picture. Dumb yeah. Now. There's no way he he's was in definitely done. He he's didn't, done. He couldn't even pay attention. Those Americans, they can't even have the patience for soccer. And <laughs> it's not just that. <laughs> the beautiful it's game. That if, one, if it's your kid, but especially if it is your girlfriend's yep. child who fucking bigly yes. do with a high five to get into a cat, you need to show every, I don't care if he's watching like the dog show and you don't find that interesting at all. <laughs> like you better yep. think that's the coolest thing in the world. If you are yucking your girlfriend's kids, yum, get the fuck mm-hmm. out. And you must be a terrible <laughs> doctor. So, so like the thing that I loved about the ending being, as you said, about father and son, we've seen so many examples of bad fathers in sons that were damaged from it. And then a lot of those situations, we got to see them move towards redemption. And it showed like there were very few characters in the entire series that didn't have a redemption arc. And if Jamie's dad can have one and like, that was incredibly touching to me. I I just think you have to prioritize this idea that like any relationship with a child is not beyond repair and they are worth prioritizing over anything else. And I thought the reaction to people saying like, it's just Henry, like, why would he go back just for Henry really are missing a, they may not have children themselves. And I don't, you, you two do, but the idea of like, that is enough. That's more than enough. Like you will never regret prioritizing your family over again, a career that he didn't, he didn't even, he didn't want to be a premier league soccer coach. It wasn't even that. And I think that that was also missing something. So to me, that plot felt perfect because in a show where we have seen bad dads, maybe get a second chance or, or kind of honestly own up to things that they have done. Ted faced his fears and went back and gets to be that dad. And it was so cute to get to see him giving the same advice to his son that he gave to Sam, like all the things that you just mentioned, Kyle, about how much time coaches spend with other people's children, but him getting to pass on all of that wisdom to his own son. And I know that the, the facial expression at the end, not quite clear if he's super happy, if he's a little bit still worried or concerned, or maybe, you know, the anxiety that's always been bubbling under the surface with him. But I think that's real too, that that is a little bit open-ended, but there is definitely a contentment with the choice and knowing that this was a hard choice, but that he made the right Mm -hmm. one. I was just going to add to that. Like I, you know, we've talked a lot, a lot at length about kind of the general attitude toward Henry and like, surely he wouldn't leave all this for his kid. Right. And it's one of those things that I think people have thought in their head, like you're either totally devoted to one idea or the other. And the truth is like the moment the strip turns pink, 
you're, you come second forever. And you know that, and you made that choice years before you have to make that choice. And so, you know, cause I've seen a lot of stuff, like how could Ted just walk away from that? He was so cold and Rebecca crying and no, he loved it there. I mean, I think he wished there was a world where he could reconcile his responsibilities, but at the end of the day, he already made that choice when Henry was born, when Michelle was pregnant, you know? And so it was really, I liked the idea that, you know, maybe he wasn't totally settled. Maybe he wasn't sure if he had made um, a choice that would be fulfilling on its own. But I think like him as a dad is all he's focused on. So maybe, you know, in a few years, maybe he can move to back to London with Henry. Who knows? The possibility is there. You're never going to be entirely happy with it. I think he knows he made the right call. So I want to ask you two this question as parents. What is the difference between him going back to where Henry is and lives and has friends and family and all of that versus this idea of Rebecca even suggested it, even knowing that he was going to say no, like knowing that he had made up the decision, but the idea of uprooting Henry to come to England, like those are different. Those are different decisions. So I was wondering if you guys could speak to why they're different. So that that one's interesting because when they have that scene, when Rebecca is talking to him in the empty stadium, I was sitting here as a parent who like I've, I've talked about this in our group text. Like I'm not the most thrilled about where my state, where I live, where my child goes to school is I'm not thrilled about where things are going. I have, I stare, stay awake at night thinking about what could happen at school and just in general. And when Rebecca was making those was laying that out for Ted, that plan of Henry can come to one of the best schools in the world. He could be a premier league coach. Michelle could, you know, uh, teach here, advance her training, be in a great position for the rest of her career. I was like, Oh, pretty good points. Like she's not wrong. Really, really good points. But I think we also forget. And Alex, I think said something similar to this at some point in the season about home. And Ted says it, you know, there's no place like home. There ain't a lot of places like AFC Richmond, but there is still no place like home. That is where that is where Ted lives too. That is where he has a base there. It's not as though Ted doesn't have any friends there. I'm sure he does. Um, so it's I mean, it would be a decision with Michelle and and Henry too, and especially like if Henry, if maybe you love Henry's school, he might be struggling right now, but maybe you you love that area, you want Henry to have that upbringing. It a lot a lot of factors go into that. I will say. It's one of my qualms of the episode that we saw none of Ted's conversations about leaving. And that is something that I, one, I just, I, that episode could have been two and a half hours long and I would have still been like, oh, I wish we got to see more. But I, I thought, I know it was an intentional choice and they've done this a few times this season of us like learning something after the fact and with an implied conversation. I think it would have actually really benefited to see at least one of Ted explain one time verbalize this is this is why to Rebecca to Roy to Beard to the team but we didn't really get to see any of those and that to me was kind of a deficit but Alex I will I will kick to you on that decision. So I think it's a few things. Um number 1 I think Michelle gets lost in a lot of these conversations. And even if they stayed apart, like as a co-parent, you have an obligation to that other co-parent to work with them. And, you know, he was the one who left. Like we didn't, we never got, all we ever heard was Dr. Jake suggested they, that 
he goes, he gives her some space, right? And so this job comes up. He's like, okay, I'll give her a whole continent of it. But it's not like she pushed him away to another continent. He left. He chose to leave the home that they had created for their son. And she worked with him through the divorce and everything else. But I think like, you know, I doubt he even had that conversation with Michelle because I think he believed that he needed to go home too. I don't think it was just about Henry. I think it was also, you know, we saw so many throwbacks to, to Kansas and, you know, the sunflower bread and the barbecue sauce and everything else. I don't think it was just about his son. Um, but I think that's, you always have to weigh the decision of like, do I uproot my kid's life for this? Now I will say as somebody who within the past year did that for a job, um, it wasn't because like my dream was always to live in Fairfax County, Virginia. I can promise any Fairfax listeners. It's a lovely place, believe me. But if I had, if I didn't have this constant um, push as a single parent to continue working toward financial freedom and financial stability, I would not have done this because my son was raised in the South. And even though we've moved around a little bit, it's been within the same few states. We were close to family or we close to, you know, resources. If I could raise him in the South, I would but it takes money and you've got to keep working up in the industry. And so I think in Ted's case, if it meant, if he had to stay there, if there was some like compelling reason why he would, and then I think he would have been open to that conversation, but he's in a position where he has the means to do whatever he wants and to go wherever he wants to go. And I think his mind was already made up. So I don't think it was a bad decision. I just think it's too, it's like you said, it's two different ideas and who's to say that's sustainable. What is he going to do? Continue living there forever. Like, I don't think that would have made Ted happy either. So it's kind of like, where does it end? Is it just for a few years? Is it until he's through high school, university, what? So I, I also think that we, like the show started as like a workplace comedy. Yeah. And we only saw Ted at work or with work people. So we don't know what his life was like in Kansas with his friends and his family. And we also only ever saw him like alone and maybe drinking heavily or really sad when he wasn't with his coworkers and like, you can be close, close friends with people you work with, but like, that's a different life. I mean, he was living in an apartment that like AFC Richmond found for him. He was hanging out with beard and all his free time. Everyone he knew was through work and those are meaningful relationships, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't have meaningful relationships in Kansas too. We just never saw them. Yeah. And I think Alex made a good point about all of the signs and all the things he missed. I mean, he was in Amsterdam and he went to an American barbecue <laughs> restaurant. We know this man doesn't have like the world's most um, diverse palate, but like <laughs> that is I'm homesick. And he said that in the beginning of the season, when we see Henry leaving, like, are, should we be here? Like it was, it was pretty much telegraphed. And I think that was part of the reason, you know, he was, maybe not detached is the wrong word, but I think like so clear in his decision, why it would have been nice to have one of those emotional conversations because we only saw him in the aftermath of having made the decision and everyone else still processing that. And I think like the, the scene of him and Rebecca sitting in the bleachers is her saying, I need to ask you to stay and go through the dance of you saying, no, the decision's already made, but I know you need to ask it one more time. Like, that's what that is. It's not a difference in like how emotional or how much they love each other as people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the thing with, with Ted too, with this decision is like, and you guys have touched on this. Like as soon as you have kids and Alex, you know, this, like you're 
everything changes. Your decision-making process changes. Like I had Grayson in high in college when I was 22 years old and it changed everything in an instant of how you live your life. And it is going from that, going from being a parent to where Ted is being a remote parent. Yes, but he is living that very alienated life from his family, from the family life that he had lived. Presumably, you know, beard, we find, you know, beard said he started dating Michelle kind of right out of college. So he's been kind of living that, that life for over a decade at least. And it, you know, we see AFC Richmond is this great life for him. And it might've just been like a kind of a detour, but really abrupt change from his comfort, from what he really, what he really wants to do. Well, but, but also like, that's not bad. You can have people who come into your life for like a short period of time who are super meaningful yeah. and like are really necessary. Like I used to get really upset when I would have a falling out with a friend that like was with me in a very important and pivotal time in my life. And then I realized that like, sometimes you just have people in your lives at the times that you need them. And it's not lifelong. And I think he's going to have lifelong relationships with all of these people, but I don't think it, it takes away from how much he needed them and how much they needed him. Like in this, however many months he lived in Richmond. Mm -hmm. That's, that's too, where I feel like I would have loved to have seen more conversations with the team. We get the halftime speech, but that's not him telling them, them processing that because of how, think about how much he's meant to Sam, Jamie, especially like he was the Ted is Ted and Roy are the closest things to a father. Jamie ever had really until the, this montage. And that's where I think it's just so it's such an interesting choice that they chose not to like let all the actors cook for one. Cause I think it would have been a really great scene. Like one of my favorite scenes in you know, a very underrated sports movie, little big league is when 12 year old twins manager, Billy Haywood tells the team that he's no longer, you know, that he's going to retire at age 12 and go back to middle school. And they're all, they're all upset. And I needed the AFC Richmond version of that. So I, I would have just liked to have seen at least one of those conversations. I just, I, again, I keep harping on, I just found it very strange that they didn't do that. The closest thing with the conversations with Rebecca um, and, and those were, those were mostly one-sided, but it did, it did show that Ted was firm in his decision. He wasn't even what he was saying to beard the, you know, is this crazy? It wasn't a waffle. He had made his decision. It was the same as on the plane over when he asked beard, is this crazy he made his decision? He's just looking for, you know, beard to say, no, we're good. And then beard fakes appendicitis and well, beard, <laughs> beard, beard, not coming with him and him still being hundred percent set in that and willing to have like this one flight attendant thinks that he think he is like the world's biggest asshole. <laughs> like it, it, it underscores that like the decision was made. These were these, this thing was not changing. I'm with you totally Kyle, like in the beginning of the season, when they started kind of cutting away from the conversation, like in the episode where Colin comes out to the team, I didn't mind it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I thought okay, that was like, well done. I thought that was well done. You missed him saying the words, but you got the immediate reaction. But then they stopped giving us the immediate reaction. Like we didn't have Nate resign. Yeah. We have the the TV coverage, the, the sports center, whatever coverage of him not being there. We think he gets fired. Then we see him talking to um, Jade about it. Like it wasn't the immediate emotional reactions. And then to not get those for this was also, I just think it was really hard for a lot of people because we love Ted. He's been so emotional and honest and open about so many other things over the course of this show. And then to cut away and kind of fast forward a little bit so that you don't have the raw emotions and reactions. Oh, and 
Another example of this that would have would have loved was the team voting to bring back Nate talking yeah. about Nate. Like we got that little moment with him and Ted, but he was already back. He was already back mm. in Richmond and in the locker room at that time. Like those would have, I think, really gone a long way towards like the cohesiveness of the final season. And I, I just I really wish we had those two. Yeah. And I, I would I would just be interested if that that gets touched on eventually in an interview or something like that, because especially with longer episodes, it's like, you know, it's not like the 30 minute ones where we're maybe cutting stuff for time. But um, overall, I mean, what the episode did really well was all the great, the great callbacks. Like it gave us, I don't want to say it was fan service, but it did give us a ton of things that like they knew right away. We were, we were going to love from the final play, the pass me the ball, please pass me the ball <laughs> that thing we get. I can't think, is there a character that we didn't see? Okay, so we got Dr. Sharon back. That was someone Dr. we hadn't Sharon, seen in a while. Dr. We Sharon, got- who, by the way, wearing a Dallas Cowboy shirt, we didn't boys. She Dr. Was Sharon, let's so go. Into, so into that match. Um, Sassy got to dance on Rupert's grave. Which is beautiful. Needed that. Our, but the even Dutchman. like, even the girl that Ted would play soccer with, um, the Ussy guy who I hope that guy is famous or doing something. That guy has fucking charisma. His mom's famous. Is his, his mom? Yeah, his mom. I can't remember her name, but she was the dentist in the Christmas episode, and she's yeah. like a very well-known British actress. Well, he has legit charisma. The, the way he said, like, legend. Like that guy. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> where are we going tonight? Like, you're a fun time. Um, we got the, we got the bus driver marries Beard and Jane, so he's around. Yep. The we obviously got May and and our three, uh, what do we what do we call them? Just the guys at the bar, the fans, the fans. They were all there. We learned the their couple names. from Beard After Hours. Yes. The very unique couple. That was good. Um, again, like, what did you guys make of the the Flying Dutchman's daughter being the same actress that played younger Rebecca? Yeah, they asked Brendan about this today, and his answer was very short. It was just like, yeah, we meant to do that. Because of magic. And that was it. It was really short. I have no idea. I mean, I could see them just if she's already filming with them, just to throw tack that on there. But uh, maybe they were hoping people wouldn't really notice. But oh, we notice everything. We all notice everything. We notice. We notice everything. (laughs) That was the part that uh, even before the AMA keyed me into, at least that I was hanging on to this. It wasn't a dream because Ted doesn't know the Dutchman existed. Certainly doesn't know like the Dutchman daughter. So or what he was... would have looked like. Did we did we see Phoebe? Yes. Uh at the end. We, the at end. the like the barbecue. At the barbecue. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What do we think Higgins was? This might be just me, me talking to myself thing. What do we think Higgins is great? Like, what is British barbecue culture? I had as as someone who's a fan of of lighting up the propane, I was very curious about like what Higgins is doing, what Higgins is working with. That's I wish I would have chimed into the AMA because I would like to know. He would have answered that one. Everything else was Ted Becca question. He, <laughs> he would have answered that. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I feel like they ate well at the Christmas dinner. So, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. it was edible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think we, we got, we got so many different callbacks. We got, you know, we got to say, we got to say bye to everyone, which is good. It's nice. Um, yeah, I've, I was thrilled. Let's, let's go into best scene. I wrote just about everything down. I just kind of, I mean, it's finale. Uh, Let's okay. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the opener. 
Um, <laughs> Rebecca's in her kitchen. She's watching Thierry Henry, who, um, you know, I, my wife and I both noted Thierry Henry, just very handsome in general. Um, but, and then Ted, Ted rolls in and Nicole, bed, what did that, what did that head, do? Bedhead. Yeah. Looking, looking very much. Definitely spent the night over. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so as we all know, this episode aired late. And it was 11 o'clock my time. So I was like, I'll watch this like laying in bed. I sat up straight, eyes <laughs> wide. Yes. and was like, oh no, no. were we <laughs> wrong? Are, is, are, like, did, did we, we have been so convinced that him and Rebecca were never going to sleep together because of sassy, because of their like, not a romantic chemistry between them yeah, like because of being totally chemistry. platonic yeah and like besties and like whatever uh, so i was like I, like my life flashed before my eyes that we could have been so wrong i've never been happier to see a man wearing a red thong than i was <laughs> and, a, and a darkness t-shirt does so anyone go as beard with the darkness tank top and red thong for halloween no it's got to be an offensive lineman if so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually he did talk about that today too. He's a huge fan of the darkness, and I guess they met up somewhere last year and they sent over T-shirts specifically for this. So that's sick. Well, thank God he arrived. I'll, I'll I believe that. in that a was... thing called love. Elite wedding song, elite. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm glad. Again, that would have been completely completely unearned. It was a great misdirect, and I will say, if I was someone who had hung apparently all the happiness, my happiness in life on a fictional couple getting together, I would have been pretty, pretty devastated. At Well, Brendan did say today too, that the red string um, a few episodes back and this scene were intended to be an affectionate nod toward Ted Becca people like affection. You know, it's like, we know we've seen your theories. They, so they thought they were doing something kind by like, ha, 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 it's not going to happen, but <laughs> it almost did. And that was just the opposite take for a lot of them. So it's really interesting how that backfired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we head to the locker room with the Honorable Judge McAdoo. These are, when the, when the team does stuff, I love stuff like this. Between this, the haircut, just very much team intricacy things. Like I when I first got to college, we did it like we would do a, I mean, all throughout college, we did like a little kangaroo court thing, finding each other. It is one of my, it was one of my favorite parts about college athletics is that, and obviously like we weren't finding anyone 5,000 pounds. It was like 50 cents, $2. <laughs> like we were, there was not a lot of money going around. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed that. I also wish we would have seen the team party. I bet the team party was a fantastic time, especially with Nate footing, uh, you know, live karaoke, karaoke band. So I, that was another scene that I was convinced we were going to get and was really bummed that we didn't, I thought we were going to go back to Ola's. Like I thought we were going to have another yeah. scene at the restaurant. And especially when they started talking about karaoke, that was also obviously a callback. One of our favorite episodes or one of my favorite episodes was the karaoke one. So I was bummed about that. And again, it was already going to be over an hour and 15 minutes. Like just give us that scene. I wanted that scene. Yeah. Um, that, that rolls into, or kind of ties into Ted and Beard are in 
the or in the their, their office and we notice Ted is happy texting Michelle. Like Ted is excited to go home. Uh Beard comes in with the shredded passport and apparently has dual citizen has three <laughs> thrice citizenship. Vatican City is a country bebe. Um I wonder what the process is to getting citizenship in Vatican City. And especially now that we know that Beard is a convicted felon. Um it interesting, man. The man has is has lived many lives uh, being able to, to get that. Kyle, get that did going. you list every single scene as your favorite scene? We're going <laughs> scene by scene. In the I'm just, episode. listen, this is the last time we get to do this. I want to touch on a lot of stuff I liked. Um, I mean, that's the, th- so there were, there were so many, is there like a, is there a clear? Cause I think I'm just going to throw I had out. A clear. I have a okay. Clear. What is the, what is the clear? Mine was the so long farewell, like the singing. Yeah. That was literally I, like, the next one on my list. <laughs> yep. It was next in the plot. I I loved it. Um, you know, I, I've loved those little scenes when they've done them, like the bye bye bye. I've I enjoyed the how happy they were when he told them like they nailed it at the end. It's <laughs> so cute. They were like so overly celebrating. Um that Danny was the last one with Gretel, right? Gretel's the the youngest child. Yes. Name. And that instead of goodbye, it was like adios. <laughs> like, it was just all the little things about how they did it was it was so perfect. And um the buy-in that those actors give in those scenes is incredible. So I like to me that was that was it. That was like perfectly Ted Lasso. And I'm the episode would have been far like. I don't I still would have liked it, but like that scene just put over the top. Like that was so true to who this show has been and how goofy these characters are. And just I loved it. And also like it's the sound of music. It's one of the great scenes in like movies and everything that I'm growing up. I I I loved it. I adored it. Alex, is there a clear favorite for you? I loved that one. Um, I really love the Ted and Rebecca in the airport because they were just, there's such, she's so guarded and we know that. And I don't mean that in a negative way. She's had to be guarded for a lot of reasons. He is not normally guarded, but we see throughout the episode that he's really having to keep it all, you know, locked up or he'll probably just ball like a baby and like seeing her cry and knowing that had to be genuinely Hannah crying just because you know, you can tell the difference. I think even the best actors, like you can tell when something is truly overwhelming. I just thought it was really beautiful. And the fact they did reference rom-coms and kind of brought this idea home that, yeah, they were soulmates this whole time. They do love each other. They're just not going to bone, <laughs> right? At least not now. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe one day if they do a spinoff or something, but I just thought it was gorgeous. Yeah. The, the thank yous, the thank yous did it for me because yeah. there you could read so much into that, both what, Rebecca did to Ted giving him the chance, even though, you know, the chance originally was to be the the owner from for major league, but, mm. um, that what that meant for each of them, what Ted did for Ted changed Rebecca's life, but Jason Sudeikis creating the show and, and co like it changed, changed everyone. Think about everyone from the show is going to be synonymous with the show for the rest of their career. And, um, I mean, yeah, Hannah so was that, given that for me, Hannah was going to refuse all jobs like she was about to give up because her little girl got sick and she's a single mom and she made a promise like she's not leaving London again so whatever job comes along next it's gonna have to be there and she kind of thought her career was over for the most part and Jason called you know I, I I like finales where there's goodbyes like real goodbyes because you do see that seep in like 
now, when you when you first asked like what is an example of a good finale i know that like the show friends is kind of divisive it doesn't doesn't age well but i loved that show so much growing up my whole family did and i thought that finale was was very good and i thought there were a lot of scenes where there was real emotion of them having to say goodbye but you're able to do it by someone leaving or someone moving uh things not being the same and and like that was absolutely true in that scene for the two reasons you guys just explained but it was also like that that makes it even better because you know that there's it's not all acting like this this person is actually upset to say goodbye to that person and that character in the show and i think that that tends to play very well at least to me in series finales yeah well and that's I needed more. I just, I needed more goodbyes. Cause that's, I mean, I, 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 I'm the same way. I love, I love a good goodbye, whether it's I'm giving it to a friend or whether I'm watching it on TV like that. And I, we get it. We get it with Ted and Rebecca. We get it with Ted and beard that Ted and beard is more of like a, you know, listen, man, I'll see ya. I'll see you when I see ya. that. But it's like, think about what Roy was and what Nate, who Nate was before Ted arrived. Like those would have been, impactful goodbyes that I would have loved to see. And also I am so disappointed that boardwalk empire didn't have a good finale. So I couldn't just talk <laughs> about it the whole time, but it, it did not boardwalk empire last season. Wouldn't recommend. If you um, know, if you know, you know, if you know, you know, <laughs> if, if, if you know, the funny thing about that one is a character who got killed off, uh, said like in an interview, like a year and a half prior to the season dropping, like, Oh, it'd be funny if this happened. And then that exact thing wrapped up the show. And it just, anyways, uh, my, I think my, if I had to pick one, it would be the final, what could be forever, the final meeting of the Diamond Dogs. That's a good one. Yeah. That, uh, that gave us Trent House Magazine, which, which was funny. And Roy asking, can I be a Diamond Dog? Was, we all, listen, we all knew it was coming. Probably. And the, what, you know, I think Nicole read it earlier that what Higgins says, I don't think we change, you know, human beings are never going to be perfect. The best we can do is keep asking for help, accepting it when you can. And if we can do that, you'll always be moving towards better. Uh, I mean, that, that was a perfect scene. That was, you know, six of our favorite characters just vibing. I loved it. And, and, and Nate finally got to tell them that he was dating Jade and had a girlfriend and like, that was such a lovely payoff because he tried to replicate the diamond dogs. It did not work. No one cared. No one gave him good advice. And like I, for the last, however many episodes since he and Jade got serious, I just kept thinking, Oh, he's going to be so excited to tell Ted, you know? And so and to Ted's get that and be so excited to hear that was maybe the happiest Ted was in the entire episode. Like the smile that he had while they were all like woofing, like he was yeah. genuinely so happy for him. I agree. That was, that was lovely. All the diamond dog scenes, like just give me a mashup of every single diamond dog scene for the entire <laughs> series. Yeah. How did you guys feel about, um, Richmond wins, wins the match does not win the premier league comes in second, still gets promoted to, to champions league. Alex, how did, how did you feel as a real Ireland wins? Crumb gets the snitch ending. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, there's still there. They're still the underdogs, right? So even in their successes, like I was thinking back on the first season and how initially the last episode was supposed to end with them not getting relegated. And it was Bill Lawrence who stepped in and was like, uh, 
but what if they got relegated? <laughs> like it totally changed everything, right? So suddenly we had like this different story arc and everything. And I just thought it was, it was great. But as far as this goes, I mean, you notice how it was so downplayed, like they won the game and there was this huge celebration. And then you find out like later, oh, okay. So they, that, that's okay. They all got what they wanted. They got what they needed out of it. And they were still able to be victorious in one way. So it's not about wins and losses, right? I loved so another like favorite scene favorite moment was Colin getting to kiss his fella we yeah you know Caroline's been talking about this on the show for weeks it was the main reason I was convinced they were going to win the match I guess I didn't really think about the like oh, if they win the match and then still don't like finish first but that was lovely and he mouths uh his boyfriend like mouths like I'm so proud of you after him after that and it's just like obviously for, for both things for the way he played but also for doing that and being so publicly um you know out there and like all of that was lovely and I this was one where like it was fine that we didn't have to see them like find out the news that they didn't like actually finish at the top and that we saw it like on you know out of Ted interacting with people at the airport, but I, I was glad that they did that. I loved the callback. It's, it's almost like frame for frame of Ted, you know, doing the decoy that Jamie does. And I, so I didn't, I was trying to figure out in the first time I watched it, like what they were like, what they were, what the, the symbols and they were having Nate, like, what is he holding? What is he supposed to be holding on the sidelines? Like, well, how did they telegraph? Like, how did they get this play in? And it's, he's supposed to be holding an Oscar and he's supposed to be acting dramatically and like overselling it. And like, I was like, okay, like the second watch, it made a lot more sense, but um, I wouldn't have wanted that to end a different way. I think if the show had had them win in the end of the first season, then I would have expected some different things, but because they lost that match. And that was one where I was so convinced, like, this is like Friday night lights. They always come back. They always win. Like it's, it's a happy ending. And it wasn't, I thought they would give it to us in this case. And they did. And I think that was the right call. And it was beautiful. And all of the different things that happened in the match were, were great. I, I don't know that they set up the Isaac taking the shot as well as they thought they did, because I, it was hard to remember that like he had never really like he said what he had it like a practice shot in a game or like had never shot. He plays defense. They said, yeah, they said he'd never taken one in his career, which to me felt like, Hey, why don't we let Shaq take these free throws? Yeah. Like that didn't <laughs> seem like the right situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was right. And I think because they've had them lose in other moments that it was the right, the right ending. Yeah. And it, um, it's foreshadowed in the pub. One of the fans says, if Richmond wins the league, what do we have left to cheer for, or left to strive for? Again, it's one of those things that if they do want to bring it back or spin something off, it's they have runway. Richmond still has not won a trophy. They're in the Champions League, but they haven't, you know, they they haven't won a trophy. So that that is still going. And it was still it was such a momentous win. It's the best season in Richmond history. And, you know, th- the game gave us so much. I mean, if I were to I don't want to skip over the Ted's final halftime speech which was beautiful. Um, it was a, you know, like, like Alex said, it was, it was a very kind of a subtle episode from, from Teddy kept everything really guarded, like, you know, close to the vest, like trying to, trying to hold everything in, but the, what he's, you know, I want to thank you for your patience with me. I'm just so gosh darn proud to be part of this team. I love you guys. I'm going to miss y'all like that stuff that hits that, that hurts. That's, 
he might as well be speaking to us too. Like we're going to miss the shit out of him talking to this team. And then the belief pieces coming out of shin guards and coming out of Isaac's captain strap and coming out of the book that Ted gave Jamie. Um, I know. Love yeah. the Nigerian national team photo. Yeah. And, and yeah. And there it is. Number four, which I, I believe I said that earlier this season that number four was going to be believe. So let's mark that correct in the prediction counter. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and then he says there ain't a lot of places like AFC Richmond either. Um, just a wonderful, you know, wonderful last halftime speech. Um, you know, huge, huge, huge fan. Love this show. Going to miss the show. Going to gonna miss talking about every single scene when I, when I can. Um, let's take a quick ad break and then we'll get back with some of our categories. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. Uh, so, laughing Liam Award and best one-liner joke. Um, this episode, I thought, while being very touching, was also pretty funny. Nicole, who made you laugh the most? Okay, so I was trying to think about this, and I'm sure when I rewatch, there will be different moments. Um, I like I I didn't love the the Zava plot overall because like it just ended very abruptly. But just to get the payoff of Jamie Tart saying guacamole was <laughs> worth it and actually cracked up out loud um, because that was wonderful. And I also knew that the mask of Zora was coming, but also enjoyed a three season arc for that payoff as well. But my actual favorite line, and it was a little bit serious, but also just a great, okay, wait. So then one other thing that made me laugh out loud was, um, Barbara's bloodlust. I enjoyed that after, yeah. uh, Rebecca's <laughs> ex got like in the head with the soccer ball. Um, okay. So my actual favorite, like one liner though, was sassy talking to Rupert and telling him that he's losing another team, losing teams like wives or mistresses. I just thought it was, it was short, it was sweet. It was to the point. Um, and then wishing him well, because he was the fucking worst. It was just every best friend wants that moment with their friend's shitty ex. And she got it and she <laughs> nailed it. And the line about losing teams, premier league program, like organizations that you should not be losing more than one and wives and mistresses just <laughs> nailed it. So that was my one liner. I loved, I loved, uh, Ted finally being right. The 14 was off sides, which was just wonderful, but beard, so good. beard paying him for the bet. 
and Ted checking it in the sun and being like, it's not counterfeit. It's not a reflection on you. <laughs> that was, that that was, was really so good. funny. Oh, man. I don't. OK, I don't know if I have one that's just like super laugh out loud funny. I thought I can't remember it because I only I did a half rewatch. And so it's not in my brain. But when uh, they realize the housekeeper is at Rebecca's and Beard and Jane go after her. And what are they saying? It's like the ropes are ours. <laughs> like, don't throw them out. Yeah, I thought that was good. I liked I loved the sassy part. I thought that was tremendous. Um, Oh, there was one other part too. It doesn't really, I guess it doesn't really count as a one-liner, but I did like the end of the scene where Ted and Rebecca are in the stands. And I thought it was really necessary to kind of bring it back that they have a platonic connection when he makes the comment about eat, pray, love. And she says more like laugh, drink, and fuck. (laughs) It's just so perfect. So good. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I did, again, like I love when um, the Aussie guy said wicked and Ted said kinky boots. It was such a good musical theater reference. But I liked uh Ted telling Trent that all human beings are opposed to the laugh police. <laughs> I don't know about you. I it mean, was... you guys have written a lot more than me, but watching someone edit oh, in person oh. what I what I wrote seems like it would be a nightmare. That was also very funny when Beard was like criticizing it in the most <laughs> outlandish way possible. Um, like that was hilarious, but yeah, no, I absolutely, I don't even like, like I, 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 there's always the fear. Even when I like send something to my editor before I know they've read it, like just the, the world's biggest ball of anxiety, but yes, absolutely. If some, if you're watching someone read something you've written, that's it's it's terror terror like it's terrible and i like yeah. uh, trent being like wanting him to laugh and like like it and really being stressed about that was very relatable yeah i recently sent alex something i wrote and i was deeply nervous the whole time <laughs> i'm used to when i write something it just gets posted it doesn't get like edited which is probably not good for my my writing but like yeah i had to write something recently that required actual smart people to look at it. And yeah, that is a very nerve wracking process. And I absolutely am glad that that was not done in person would have been terrible. I did enjoy Trent saying like, you know, if you see anything that you want to take out, like, I'm not going to listen to you, but I'll tell you why you're wrong. I appreciated that. Cause there, there's some squawking on Twitter about, I cannot believe he would give them the manuscript beforehand. And look like there are obviously with, journalism especially like every outlet has different rules i mean my personal thing is i'll send over facts from a story like i I never send over the full story to a subject but specific facts related to them to make sure i've got it yes i will send them that um but it's just funny it's like are we really gonna have another it's it's just it's fiction (laughs) y'all we can have some suspension of disbelief i don't think there's anything controversial in there that he's gonna be throwing out but i thought i mean i i think like the whole idea of someone who's never coached soccer coaching a soccer team and they're yeah. actually winning in the premier league is more like harder to believe than Trent handing exactly. them a manuscript. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, a slight joke. Did you guys catch the magazines that Ted was browsing at the airport? The covers? Yeah. So there was, um, um, what's her name was in one Shandy, 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 Shandy. I'm glad her, her star app fucker app. Off. I'm glad it's and- taken off. One of the cover lines on that said, Jack Danvers, no longer daddy's little girl, which I thought was interesting. 
thought it was interesting to see Jack and Shandy are both thriving, which is, I guess, I guess not all the villains got their comeuppance in this one. Well, thriving um, in their own way, but you know, as we've seen with Rupert, like everybody, everybody will face, you know, their takedown someday. Judgment at one day. And then the other magazine was, uh, Zava is going to LAFC, which if I, I believe, uh, Zlatan went to either the galaxy or LAFC or one of those teams. Um, as as he finished out his career. So that that was kind of fitting as well. I thought that was a funny little gag. Hmm. And Miss Cakes is going on a Lust Conquers All. Right? That's what it's called. Yes. The yeah. Jamie's Jamie's show. Yeah. Do we know who that was referencing? That's Miss Cakes, the Rupert's assistant. Oh. Oh, good catch. Oh. How about that? Because his new assistant was named Miss Bread. That's how I remember <laughs> bread and cakes. So, yeah, I liked that too. How about that, that's a nice oh little goodness. touch. Um, what was our our perfect Ted moment of the episode? What was our best Ted moment? I think coaching his son. But I, I think it was also coaching his son with uh, honorable mention to that halftime speech, which was which was one of my favorites. Ted Lasso could always give a good speech. The the halftime speech was his goodbye. So yeah. we thought we would get more of those one-on-ones, but that was that was it. And you know, that was the message and everything. I think he was um I, I also think that the finally knowing what offsides was and actually <laughs> that beard and Roy didn't catch it was also very Ted. Like he actually he absorbed something. He learned his one thing about football. And then checking the counterfeit. Like, I, I loved that whole little bit. And that felt very true to Ted as well. In the middle of this match, the, the biggest match that they've played in, like, mm, let me look up and check this, check this $100 bill or whatever. Like, all of that just was, they nailed it. And again, I know that, like, some people think that Ted was kind of out of it because he felt, like, a little detached as other people were more emotional around him. But I think those were pure Ted moments. and him coaching his son and ending on that note and getting to see him in part, I mentioned earlier, the exact same wisdom that he connected with Sam first was a perfect ending. So I, I I don't think there's just one in this one. And I think there's more than people realize like on the first go through when they think he was kind of like stoic, there were, there were a lot of Ted moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it was a good, it, it was a good Ted episode. Again, I would, it's it's more just I would have liked to have seen more from him, but um when when he was when he was cooking, it was Yeah, but it's not about him. It's about everyone. It's about what he built in Richmond. It's an ensemble show. Um, okay. The Rupert Award for the villain of this episode. Let's talk about him. Rupert gets his comeuppance. It reminded me Rupert walking off the field after shoving shoving George, everyone everyone who didn't realize now realizes between what was in the tabloids and him shoving George on the field, Rupert has lost his grip on life. And it reminded me a lot of Bud Kilmer and varsity blues who has seen varsity blues. I haven't. I know I'm getting around I, to it. One same, day. same. <laughs> you deserve this after the walking dead references, you deserve some crickets. <laughs> you mean boardwalk empire, boardwalk empire, whatever. <laughs> Okay, well, Another folks show. who have seen <laughs> Varsity Blues, a very popular movie 
Uh, <laughs> John Voigt is Bud Kilmer leaving at halftime. Uh, his team has has rebelled on him. It is the same vibes as Rupert leaving that stadium. The team, the crowd of the team he once owned, the team he once loved, is calling him a wanker. He is leaving to disgrace. He presumably will lose his club. Uh, getting everything that he deserves. Yeah, I was satisfied. I mean, I think he got that one thing, and I don't, I don't want to speculate on people's health here at all, but I think the actor, like Anthony Head, I think he might be sick or something. He they used a double to walk for him on the field. That was a double, and when he is walking, when it's like close ups, you can tell he's like limping to one side. And I'm wondering if he injured himself or if there was something going on. I was talking to a few people about this, and again, like. I'm not here to, to speculate on whether people are sick or injured, but um, yeah, it was just, it was sort of noticeable. And so but I think it almost added to kind of, he looked more sinister this season than anything. And they obviously intentionally mm-hmm. tried to do star Wars references with the way that he was dressed. References. You, you greatly understand, but I understand because I, you are a love a star, star Wars. Wars diehard. I've totally seen a star Wars before. Um, that, yeah, I thought it was good. It didn't just hit you over the head with like pushing him off a cliff or something, right? With this, it was just no. Nah, you get to leave being called a wanker in the stadium that once loved you. And yeah, the public humiliation part was 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 just. Um, and everyone just everyone saw it. Like everyone saw and knew that was the end. Like that was. I, I thought that was like, that was fitting. He was, he was the only real villain in this show all along. Everyone else got chances to redeem themselves or people to forgive them. And he didn't ever earn that. And he didn't change. He didn't like ask for or, or accept help. Right. Like all the things we were just talking about in, in the, the diamond dogs wisdom from Higgins. So I thought that it was, it was fitting. I have a, uh, a meta meta award winner for this, not for our, our take, but I think this might be a good spot to talk about like all the people, the, the reaction from the people who didn't like this finale, because they're lashing out at the writers themselves. And they seem very mad at like Brendan hunt. They seem mad at Jason Sudeikis and they're actually acting like they're the villains because they, seem they personally didn't... attacked, which is yes. a, a weird take. There is a difference, I think, between saying like you talked about it earlier, Nicole, like the Game of Thrones final season was bad. It was it was just not good. It was not true to the rest of the show. It just came off. And I don't think anyone like I'm sure because the Internet is terrible. I'm sure there was some vitriol, but it was just more like, hey, you guys, you guys didn't land the plane. Like it was it was a bummer. We're all disappointed. But this has been a whole a whole different side. There that the only thing after like people blamed George R. R. Martin for not finishing the books, but it wasn't like a personal attack on him. It was just like yeah. a running gag of like things that people have done before he'd finished the book or because he didn't finish the book. They didn't that final season wasn't as cohesive or true to the true to the characters. This was was strange because I think we all saw this, that there was a subset of the population who loved the show, but only saw it as a rom-com and only between Ted and Rebecca. And that if they didn't get that in the finale, their personal wishes, then they were going to, I think, hate the show and maybe never watch it again. 
And I don't think that this show ever billed itself as a rom-com between the two leads. It was an ensemble show. It was a workplace comedy again, at the beginning. And all of these relationships that were so meaningful and developed were so many of them were platonic. I mean, we, you talk about Ted and beard, you talk about uh, Roy and Jamie and Ted and Sam and, and, and Colin and Isaac, like everyone, you can go through all these different pairings. Um, and, and they're, they're about finding your people and connecting with people on an incredibly deep level. But I actually loved that. It was a show that wasn't just will there, won't they on the two romantic leads. And that was something that again, Brendan hunt did an AMA on Reddit and like got a lot of questions about this because again, this was a vocal subset of the population who watches the show. And he said that we're conditioned to thinking that if there is a lead who is a man and a lead who is a woman, that they're supposed to get together. There's supposed to be a romantic relationship, but there doesn't have to be. And I, I think that that was really hard for a lot of people to think about or process that it could not end that way. And I'm glad it didn't because we don't see close friendships between men and women on our screen like this. It always has to end up in something or someone sleeps with someone accidentally and falls in love or doesn't, or they hate each other, whatever. Like, I'm glad it didn't, but it was just so bizarre that people were so upset with the writers who wrote the ending because it wasn't what they wanted personally to see the characters do. There was a thing that Jason said at some point over the past few years, I can't remember when, um, where he referred to the fans as poets and geniuses. And they'd kind of, a lot of fans have clung to that because it's a very kind thing to say. And so <laughs> one thing that's been well, going Well, Jason, around, you were wrong. They're not. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> that's that's the thing is for the past few days, the people who've been, which maybe there are um, several Ted Becca fans out there with, with Twitter accounts who aren't acting this way. Like they really wanted it to happen. They wrote fanfic. You know, there was a whole like fandom part of it that I always, I always just want to say, like, I think that's cool. We're specifically talking about the people who like go after people and are in the mentions. And um, someone had said, I guess we were the only poets and geniuses here, weren't we? And it's just, it boggles the mind. It's one thing to hate a story, like going back to how I met your mother, that was so personal to so many of us, especially I would say people kind of in our you know, later mid to later uh, millennial generation, because like for me, I started watching it when I was in college. And then the last season was right after I had a baby. So like, I was a totally different person. It was a very personal thing to me. I hated the way it ended. At no point did I feel compelled to tell anyone involved with that show (laughs) that I thought it sucked. I think the most I probably did was just tweet about it a few times. And that was it. I didn't say, oh, they didn't tell their story correctly. I didn't say any of that. Like it wasn't satisfying. But ultimately, when you're the storyteller, you get to control what you put out there and it's it's your thing and you can take it or leave it. And we all um, signed up for the ride. So I think that's been it's something we kind of expected. I think I didn't expect it on this level. And a lot of them definitely infiltrated that AMA today and we're trying to kind of bait him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never as easy as just there were a few questions like, did you ever see Ted Becca as a romantic poss- possibility? And what did he say uh, out of he said professional responsibility Uh, yeah that they considered it but not there was no enthusiasm behind the idea yeah and others were like don't you think it's really rude that you've mocked all of us and made us all look silly and made us look like fools as if there was some deliberate decision to put like hints and just like that first scene in the finale that they were trying to mock them it's just it's turned into a whole different narrative and it's a 
you know, I don't, I hate this. If this like little communities like this, which could actually just be fun and like, Hey, we all like a show. Let's think different things about it. This has been wild. I think for all of us to watch. And I, I just feel like it takes away from like so many of the characters that we love and so many of the big picture themes and lessons and growth by like only hyper-focusing on this one romantic or not romantic relationship. Um, and also like, to me, I feel like that was really, I know there were other people who didn't like love the finale or didn't love the final season, but I think for the most part, people feel the way we did where like, we have our qualms. We would have liked to see a lot more, like maybe one-on-one conversations would have liked to see more Ted in the final season. We know why there wasn't, but like felt that, you know, everyone kind of ended up in a place that made a lot of sense and was true to those characters. I think even the people who wanted <laughs> Kyle, uh, who wanted Keely and Roy to end up together, <laughs> understood why the show wanted Keely to be Keely Jones, independent woman, and get to decide that at the end. So I like, I, I really think that that's where, where the backlash is and was, and hopefully we'll chill out because you know, like the people created the show, like gave us such a gift and it came to people in such an important period of our lives for a lot of us. So I hope that dies down and isn't like a lasting thing because I do think it's a relatively small portion of the fan base, but they're just very vocal and they're going yeah. really hard at the people directly where they can see it on Twitter and Reddit and these places. Um, so I hope that dies down, but that was like, they were treating the creators of a show that we all love, like Rupert, like the villain. It's yeah. wild. It's not unlike college football fandom uh, on Twitter and how personal and biting and just a terrible place to be it is if you're anywhere near college football media at all. Because <laughs> it's, it's very personal and people mm-hmm. make these decisions about their identity. And it's like, how dare you say something negative about my school? That's what, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's yeah. all I was going to say. I mean, and I'd be. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed with how Roy and Keeley played out. Not disappointed in the story because it, it made sense. And like Jacqueline had to check me on this last night when I was kind of bummed about it. And I was like, oh no. And she was like, they've been broken up for a year. Like he broke up with her seemingly for like no reason, like personal reasons to him. Like it's been a year. And if she's not back feeling that, like it's not. And again, it is not Keeley's responsibility to be with anyone. She doesn't have, shouldn't have to pick between Roy or Jamie. It's her choice. She doesn't have to pick between anyone. She can just be her own thing. So I was, I was bummed. Like I was disappointed. I was kind of hoping that this episode would end with something, but I think, I think now, I think after Roy wrote the letter and you know, they slept together and we thought they were rekindling things, but the fact that they had decided to be just friends, like it is, I don't think it's a not, I, I don't think it's a no forever thing with them they could certainly find their way back to each other i certainly think it's a no right now and a no for the foreseeable future but we do see roy being introduced as richmond's head coach and keely is really happy for him is that as a is that as a great friend is that as a lover i don't know probably just a friend but i was disappointed but it was true to the show and true to the characters and it's certainly not their job to make me to do exactly what i want and i'm gonna have to live with that which is tough. <laughs> you, know, you know what's still alive though with her and Roy and Jamie hanging out at the picnic? They, they the are. They were hanging out at the picnic. Together. The thruple is still alive. I actually, before they made idiots of themselves uh, at Keeley's door and acted like you know one of them got her and had a right to her. Um, I know yeah, there was a brief moment in my mind that it was the thruple time. Alas, we didn't get it. 
Doors open. Doors open. Doors open. Get what you want. <laughs> um, as far as on the pitch, like talking the sports, I just all I'll say is I thought this season did the best with the soccer. I thought I, there were more great sports movie scenes in this season than the others. Like I was, I thought this game was really good. Um, had some great moments. I was, I was happy. No notes on, on the soccer. Um, the, I don't think you realize how psychologically healthy that is award for character, which showed the most personal growth in this episode. This was a show about growth. This was an episode about growth. Nicole, is there a clear winner of this award? Um, this might be a controversial answer. I, I think it's it's both Ted and Rebecca. Um, I think that Ted's being so steadfast in his decision and not being swayed, not being emotional about it, and knowing it was a hard decision but making it showed a lot of growth. He was scared of this. He was scared of getting close to his son and being there for him. What if he loses him? He was working through all of that the whole time that we've known Ted as a character and he faced it and went back and went into what scared him. He's going into uncertainty around his relationship with his ex-wife and he took it all on and he made a hard decision. It was probably going to be easier to stay with all of your friends and have fun and you know, advance in, in the premier, you know, the champions league or whichever one that they were going to be in the premier league, whatever it was. Um, I, I think that that would have been, you know, again, kind of like avoiding facing these things and he didn't. And then Rebecca, we have never seen her this emotional. We've never seen her this open and honest, and we got to see her struck by lightning, which she said in an interview with LA times that was like seeing the Dutchman again outside of the airport was the lightning strike, right? Like what are the odds that you get struck by the lightning twice that like, you would run into this person twice? Um, she didn't say that. I'm just saying that. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's a good way to think about it, but like she was never ready to let her guard down. She was never open. She was never willing. She was holding all this resentment from Rupert. We've seen her let go of that over the last few episodes. We've seen her try to put herself out there and date. We've seen her, you know, go there with Sam and then finally close the chapter on that and then be open and be ready and be willing and being willing to say yes and and go with it. So to me, like their journeys were very different, even in the individual episode, but they both took on something that would have been unfathomable a season ago, two seasons ago, and maybe even half a season ago. So I thought that, that it's a tie for me. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on one character and we haven't, we haven't really talked about him much in just a moment. Um, Nate getting to apologize to Ted, Nate, we've already seen all the growth from Nate and, and everything like that just that moment, like Ted didn't need it, but Nate needed it. That was kind of Nate's Nate's closure because that moment from, you know, his moment of weakness from the previous season had weighed on him, um, quite a bit. And so I, I love just getting that moment of closure with Nate because Nate, the thing is Nate, I I think also knew that Ted forgave him because he knows what kind of person Ted is, but Nate's, still needed to say it. And I, I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed that aspect. I enjoyed, you know, getting, finally getting that moment between them staring at where, where the belief sign hung and Ted just making him feel okay about it. Um, Alex, who do you think showed the most growth? Uh, 
Yeah, I agree with Ted and Rebecca. I also think Keely, too, finally getting to the point. Well, I don't want to say finally because I think she's been heading here. You know, we commented weeks ago about how we didn't actually see her and Roy reconcile, um, which I thought was intentional. And come to find out, like, it was another one of just a hookup, you know, and being able like it wasn't even hard for her to just make Roy and Jamie feel like the idiots they were being and to kick them out. And now she's moving forward. I mean, there are a lot of, and we can discuss it in the, in the retrospective. I feel like Keely was the storyline that I always had an issue with all season in terms of just like not really knowing the purpose behind it, not really knowing how it moves her story forward per se, or, or not understanding why we're devoting so much time to it, but it was great to see her in the end and see her thriving and um, not being, you know, kind of thrown around or rejected or anything because she's Healy fucking Jones, you know? So I liked that. Uh, another, I know I mentioned it earlier, but Colin um, yeah. getting to, to kiss his fella and doing that on that scene in that moment. That's incredible growth. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, and what, Alex mentioned with Roy and Jamie, that was my food poisoning award that when they show up at her house, I was just like, God damn it. Like I, as soon as they, as soon as him and Jamie started bickering at the bar at each other and having that, I was like, Oh, neither of them is ending up with Keely. I knew, I knew it the second I saw it. I was like, this, this isn't ending. Well, this isn't, isn't good. How much did you guys hate, um, Jamie, like trying to (sighs) the video? She sent him the foot. Yeah. I not good. Ugh, and they've both come. I, I know that growth isn't linear and they like reverted back and like were being assholes, but God, that I hated that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, yeah. Maybe there will be a spinoff and, and I'll, you know, <laughs> okay. I'll get my, my, my Roy and Keely forever dream or Nicole will get her thruple, but that, that was not their, their best moment. Um, best time, worst time. We can be we can be kind of quick with this. Did anyone have? A, do we think that John Wings Knight had a good time at the game? <laughs> John Wings Knight is that that's his name, right? Yeah, I just yeah. laugh at it every time. With the so he's he's found a a, a singular scarf. Uh, he is not he is not wearing his man Man United Man City half scarf. He's wearing a Richmond scarf. Um, Okay, so I mean, I'll just pose this to you, Alex. If you're at an Ole Miss game and a game tying field goal breaks your nose, how do we feel? <laughs> First of all, that would be the most Ole Miss thing ever. Oh, I mean, that's that's just another egg bowl, folks. That would be just devastating um, and very on brand. So I would be. That's always. That used to be my biggest fear was like being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then, of course, the fear was, uh, you know, back in what, 2016, my fear was like I would become a meme and Nicole would write something about me. And this is before I knew her. <laughs> but I was like, Nicole's going to find out. <laughs> what was the year with the LSU girl? You did uh, that. Yeah, is, that is was that the, yeah. the crying flute girl. Oh, I also talked to her. Um no, the LSU Death Stare Girl. Yeah, was, the Death Stare um, Girl. That might have been 2017 or 2018. Yeah. But, oh, uh, is that the one who did like the, the head nod, like the what's up? That that's one? a different girl. No, oh. she just she just like just stared and didn't like they were down like 22 nothing to Alabama. And like the camera just zooms in like the the, the drone just like zooms in and she just doesn't blink. And, yeah. 
that's yeah. when my biggest fear became like, I cannot make it on these cameras because Nicole's <laughs> going to write about me and I can't, <laughs> I can't have that. So yeah, it would be mortifying. There's no, even if we want, that would be terrible. I wouldn't want that. He did have a bad time though. I mean, it was, it was actually, it was, it was a good time, bad time, right? Like he was still celebrating. He still has his new fiance, right? I think yeah. fiance. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah. But I, you know, I don't know. Did anyone have a bad time? Rupert. Except Rupert. Except Rupert. <laughs> he, well, he, he deserved it. He deserved Presumably that. Presumably Dr. Jake. Hopefully he got dumped. Cause that, I mean, I mean that Brendan was said we're to assume that. Yeah, discreet. I mean, he's certainly not waiting in that house for Ted to get home. And if Ted is if Ted is hanging around, I, Doctor Jacob's not going to be around. Yeah. So, no. so Brendan Hunt also got asked about the ethics of that and about her dating yeah. her therapist, and I didn't think that was a very good answer. It was like someone in the writers' room said, like sometimes there's or some places there's like if statute of limitations. Basically, if it's like eighteen months after you or twelve months after you've yeah, their patient, you could date them. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's like against the ethics, like always. So didn't love that. It's still dubious at best. And what's funny is somebody commented, but in Kansas, it's 60 months. So like they didn't even look it up in Kansas. And Brendan's answer was like, oh, it's a TV show. I mean, from what we know <laughs> about like, Dr. Jacob, he is now the dude who would be like, he would tell Michelle, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Statue of limitations is up. It's good. I think the funny thing about it is like, when we think about how in love we are with shrinking and how it's a show that's directly dealing with ethics and psychology, we have the same people over there. So yeah, I really thought there would be something more there, like be another confrontation or something that where Michelle realizes like, oh, this was a bad idea and I was in a vulnerable position, but it's okay. He can just be gone. I'm fine with that. Jason Siegel is more likable, so I'm willing to let ethics slide with him. <laughs> Yeah, he also never gets penalized or anything. They threaten it. They at least address it. But yeah, I I think we'll like, see about season two. Well, yeah, season two. I think he's gonna. That's that's true. I think the people who had the worst time. It's us because we knew it was ending. It was sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it was it was hard. It's each like passing minute just to be like, oh, like it's gonna end. It's gonna end. I um, paused it like six times to see how much was left. Yeah. I, I was yeah. probably horrible. I apologize to my wife. It was probably terrible to watch the last 20 minutes with because I was like, oh my God, how long? How long? And like when the game was going and there was still, there was only like 10, 15 minutes left, I was like, what? How? There's so much that needs to needs to get wrapped up. Yeah. I didn't know they were going to do a montage. Yeah. Quick <laughs> like, hit. So getting into the big chill, do we want to get into the montage? Because this was a this was a big time, big chill episode. I would say... We've talked about the believe pieces, uh, Sam's goal and Ted saying barbecue sauce like that throw that in one of those montages that minor league teams play in the bottom of the ninth inning before like they need to score runs like that to me is incredible. So the montage, I wrote down everything we see. And this is this is basically Ted gets the snow globe from Keeley and then Rebecca runs into the Dutchman. Um, so, you know, congratulations to Caroline on that. That was a big moment for her. Um, we see, we've talked about Beard and Ted's notes. Beard has the, the annotated version. Ted just, it's not about me. It never was. We get Roy as new manager, Keely right next to him clapping, uh, Roy hanging Phoebe's pictures in the office. That was beautiful. Nate and Jade out to dinner with his family. 
That was nice. Uh, Sam in the national team. Let's. I want to pause it. I want to pause at this one. The reaction when Sam Sobbed. is in the national team one. That hit. That was all the feels. I mean, I was happy that everyone else was doing happy, like doing well. But man, I mean, they've they've set that up. They've taken it away. Uh, it was it was so beautiful. I think that was the most emotional I was with the, with the the montage. Alex, Sam, and the montage. Does it mean that Edwin Akufu has either lost influence or possibly in some sort of white collar prison? So Brendan addressed this today, and I think it's just headcanon in this case, but I still like it. Someone asked, like, how did he make it on that team given everything? And he said national outcry, which I loved. I thought that was great. Also, I want to go back. Um, I did predict that the Dutchman was a pilot. You did? I did. I just want that on the record that I got one finally after, what, 53 episodes? (laughs) Finally got one. Getting some stuff right. Getting some stuff right. The flying flying Dutchman. Dutchman. Which I love that. We still don't know what his name is. He is just the yeah, flying we Dutchman. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. He's in the credits. Oh. Yeah, it's in the credits. I don't know how you pronounce it, though. Um, Dude, certainly don't go to me for that, because I am notorious for not pronouncing names right. And we know Beard's name now. We do. I mean, that's... Okay, that that I need for big chill moment. <laughs> I love you, Willis. Oh, my God. <laughs> And do you know what's funny about that? Like back in season two, when Ted said, like, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> what's talking about Willis? And we were all like, oh, yeah, just like a you just know, like a, a different, different strokes, strokes reference. Yeah. Apparently someone on Twitter or somebody said, but what if that's actually his name and just got destroyed? And so Brendan brought that up today. I was like, I really hope he's, you know, <laughs> celebrating somewhere. But you know what else I thought? Now, this is like major Ted backup brain. This is what it's done to me. The episode where they're all switching places and Will Kitman is beard. Will is beard. Will is beard. Mm. It means nothing, but we love. But was he wearing biscuit pink? (laughs) (laughs) Were there magnets in his pocket and a matchbook? That was a lovely. That was a really lovely moment. Um, I think I yeah. Also yes, the hanging of Phoebe's photo. Yes, I loved that. Also, we did predict that Roy would be the manager, not not Nate. Um, yes. Yeah, but they're all I, seem to be coaching together because Nate was uh, still there. Still there was, it yeah. was hanging up the sign. Um, so the moments in the episode that I I I cried, I cried when Nate was apologizing and he had the tears in his eyes, mm-hmm. and you knew that Ted had already forgiven him, but like that was really emotional when they did the believe pieces, um, and then you know Rebecca saying goodbye. So basically, like probably the halftime speech on, which I feel like we usually say is like the big chill moment mm-hmm. of this. What about the fact that they showed themselves a big chill video and yeah. then they were all sobbing during the national anthem mm-hmm. <laughs> with the Ed Sheeran song. I love oh, it. That was like their own big chill inside the big chill. Very meta big chill. Cause I mean, that was for us too. That was, this is the last time we're going to see this team out there. Um, all you know, all the callbacks. Getting to, it's weird to say, but getting to see young Nate, Nate, Nate with his, Nate with his dark hair. Um, elsewhere in the montage, we get the the moment with Jamie and his dad. Just that brief glance, or looking at pictures, his dad still looks like he's in treatment, or they've they've met up. That was important. Um, you know, the cookout, which we've talked about. Uh, the fans buying the shares of the club may put down a hefty investment. Apparently, the pub is doing. I got to imagine her pub does great. 
seems to get a lot of a lot of action. Um, how did you guys feel about the um, the KBPR joint, the AFC Richmond women's team? I think Nicole has. <laughs> I did not like that. Um, I it felt it felt forced. Yeah, I think that it's lovely for Keely to end as Keely fucking Jones, independent woman, not wrap it up in dating Roy or dating Jamie. I love loved Barbara, but they did not know what to do with Keely this season. And I feel like they just shoehorned this in at the end to be like rah, rah, you know, like hashtag girl dad type energy. Yeah. And I did not, I didn't like it. It's not like she had been pushing for a women's team all along or like we never saw her work with a female athlete. Like there was nothing that laid the groundwork for it, except just kind of like wanting a pat on the back at the end. So I did, I did not enjoy that part, but I'm glad Barbara's still around in case there is a spinoff, but I, Mm. I felt like that was shoehorned in. Yeah. We see KBPR has more employees and it is, and Alex, I'll, I would love to know what you think about this. I think it is one of the few things that is was more set up to clearly just for if we bring this back, here's something we're going to tackle. Yeah, I think there were a few things like that. I did like that they shoved their desks together like Ted and Beard, though, by the way. I thought that was really cool. But no, I agree. I think if there had been some sort of storyline throughout the season where she was, you know, working with women athletes and, and even discussing the possibility of it, it wouldn't have felt so out of nowhere, but it did. Feel, <laughs> I know people are going to disagree. That's fine. It did. It just felt like a forced girl moment. Like, and also when you think about like developing, like launching a new team, would that come from your PR person? No, <laughs> like, no. It's going to give you a treatment on like, here's the idea. Women. Put them out there, give them a ball. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) But, like, that's why I just don't think they knew what to do with Keely. Yeah. I think, like, we've talked about the jackpot line that was like a big miss, I think, in season three. I think they wanted her to have something else at the very end outside of being single, and they didn't have anything else. Mm -hmm. I do think it's really. She developed like she had a lot of success with banter in season two and has obviously had success with AFC Richmond, but it would be leaving her almost in the same place. And we're just like, because we never really got a sense of how KBPR is doing. We know that Jack pulled the funding, but that seemed to have ulterior motives of why the funding was pulled. So we didn't just never got a great sense of what's going on. Yeah, I do think if they decide to do a spinoff, though, I would watch like I think it would be. It would be good because I think they do it right. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of like Bend It Like Beckham, but with AFC Richmond. I'm that's a great movie. Pretty it is a great movie. Um yeah, I'm I'm pretty in on that. Uh the the montage wraps with Beard's wedding, uh feature you didn't get your uh Jamie and Roy and Keeley thruple, but you did get your Danny Rojas thruple. Uh, a man <laughs> who we have consecutive <laughs> seasons of proof worth that that man fucks. And, uh, you know, the couple from Beard After Hours, <laughs> the bus driver officiating, and then, um, you know, Ted making it back to Henry, be a goldfish, and we're we're wrapped with uh, with Ted Lasso. I I mean, we'll, we'll do a retrospective. It feels, you know, any 
final thoughts, parting words, really, I mean, reflection on this episode, I think we've, you know, we're over an hour and 30 in, I think we've covered it pretty well, but, um, Nicole, you know, thoughts, Ted Lasso show, good, decent show, happy (laughs) with it. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, you know, just very okay. Um, no, I thought it was a lovely finale. It tied up what it needed to tie up. It, it made us laugh. It made us cry. There were, I think you can tell by like listening to this podcast, like there were all these one-liners that were just delightful and entertaining and hilarious. And then there was just these moments that just like really pulled at the heartstrings. And I think the best part about the way that it ended and getting those glimpses in the montage, there was also a stretch for like 24 hours where like we were all debating it. Like, was it a dream? Because, you know, like then you kind of go back in time for for Ted to land and and go see Henry. So like I logically in my brain, like I would have liked that to be like in chronological order. Maybe like they end with, you know, Ted landing and that part, and then there's credits and then there's the montage. But now that we know via Brendan hunt, that it's not a dream sequence. It's like, it's just what happens. And like Ted and beard are adults and like, you know, this wedding was clearly like planned very quickly and like he wasn't able to be there and it's fine. Cause like, that's what happens when you're an adult, you miss people's weddings sometimes. Um, I, 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 I liked it because again, like the Sam and the Nigeria team photo, but just knowing that like all of these characters that we love are in a better place or in a healthier place or in a place that they needed to be to continue to grow, I thought was just a lovely way to end it because that's what this whole show has been about. And like for Roy to be seeing a therapist for Roy to realize like that he's got all this stuff inside of him that he needs to work through and talking about it and acknowledging it. Like every single person did something and, and, and like pointed themselves along the path that they need to continue to go on. And I think that they did a really great job of giving us optimism about how well everyone's going to do on the thing that they need to work on. Yeah, I miss that. Roy walking into Dr. Sharon's office. She still got the the army man that Ted gave her. Um, Alex, thoughts on how this finale wrapped it? Oh, you know. <laughs> I think it was such a interesting thing to watch it as late as we did because I get weepy anyway when I'm super tired. So that's where we were. But um, I need to do a full watch through again. But, you know, I loved it. It was just great to see them land the plane. That's all we wanted and mm-hmm. we'll have more to say in <laughs> the retrospective will. that will be seven hours. Uh, the good thing is, Alex, you're definitely not going to cry when you watch it during another time of the day. It's just magically <laughs> not as emotional. I know. It's just not. It'll be great. I just need to watch it like in between meetings or something at work. So I'm kind of in like, <laughs> you know, hyper mode. But no, it was it was great. I think it was exactly what it needed to be. I think so, too. Um, I think. Saying that we had qualms and nitpicks, I think obviously you like you critique the things you love. Um, yeah, you know, and and this this show taught us that. I you know I listen. I'm I'm always the best shows too. The shows that end at the right time, you're always gonna want more. I I could have gone. I could have watched more Shit's Creek. I could have. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, yep. I could have I could have watched more Maisel, especially because I thought the last season was was great. Um, and I could, you know, I could watch these like I could watch these people like read the paper in the morning. Um, I just I'm, you know, but I, I think it was 
it did such a great job of ending things right with everyone, putting everyone on a path, seeing them in a good place, seeing them on the road to happiness, seeing them better because Ted was there, seeing our main character better, and then also leaving it open for if they do want to return to this world again, I think it's I think it's highly plausible. I think I think it can be done without without bending too many walls or making things, you know, having to force things in. I can't I think you can revisit it really simply. And I think for a show that they weren't, you know, they were seemingly definitive that it's done after three. You know, we can get into it in the retrospective. It'll be interesting once they've they've given it some time. But I think for what it needed to be, it, you know, I think they landed the plane and I'm happy and I'm really, I'm really going to miss it. I'm, I'm going to miss it. And I think that's, that's the best thing you can say about a show. Cause I think when game of Thrones ended, we were just like, what the fuck get this off my TV. I'm ready to watch something else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think, think that was it. Uh, Alex, Nicole, it has been, been a pleasure alex you and i started recapping ted lasso episodes over two years ago or about two years ago about two years ago now actually yeah when we started the the season one recaps um it has been a long road it's been fun nicole it's been so great to welcome you into the fold this season it has been a real joy everyone go follow them on twitter go read all the the wonderful things they write uh we will be back at some point doing a season three retrospective, we'll get Caroline back in. We'll get Mike back in, maybe another special guest back in, uh, next week. I don't really know. I haven't planned that going on vacation. (laughs) So that is going to be a real TBD kind of situation. Maybe we'll get back to movies. Maybe there just won't be an episode that week for the first time in four years. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a rest, but, uh, folks, thanks for listening. Follow the show wherever support on patreon and we'll catch you when we catch you thanks for listening